0: Well, you're listening to TechFest Talks, a podcast for students by students, and we are girls from Meldrum Academy taking part in the Girls Into Energy scheme. Today's guest, Anthony Jinmun, we're about to take off to Antarctica for the Antarctic Quest 21. Hello, Anthony, how are you today?
1: Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. Um. Very well. We're literally just two days until departing, so you can imagine it's uh, it's a pretty busy time and quite exciting as well. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a pleasure to uh, to speak to you today.
0: Hi, I'm Heidi. How did you get to go on this trip?
1: So this is um, expedition. Oh crikey! Um, probably around. Uh, I've done about twenty odd now expeditions to both the Arctic and Antarctica. So I was the twelfth Briton to ski to the Geographic North Pole and ski solo to the Geographic South Pole. Um, I've I know the expedition leader Paul Hart for, for for many years now. And a couple of years ago, when he came up with the idea of this expedition, he asked if I would would come on board as his um, his deputy leader. So. I, you know, gladly accepted the the opportunity to go down on this uh, on this project. So, uh, so yeah, that's how I how I got involved.
0: Yeah. What made you want to go on this trip?
1: That's a very very good question. So uh, I'm lucky enough that over the past, well, all of those expeditions that I've done previously is have been over about nearly fifteen years of of travelling in the in the polar regions, and I guess I've I've seen and spoken with people who are either researchers or indigenous people that live in the in the arctic and i've i've heard firsthand and seen firsthand just how the polar regions are are being affected by by us so paul's uh, expedition to to the peninsula of antarctica to cross over the mountain range and to um to conduct climate change research as well as looking into Microplastic contamination in the snow of Antarctica, I think, is is something that I'm very interested in, very passionate about. So, if we can um, if we can use our our expertise to help bring back samples and um, research for the scientists at the universities that we're working in collaboration with, then that's a great, I suppose, legacy to to the project and what we're looking to achieve. So that's my. My key area of interest—it's certainly around the microplastic snow contamination as well. I think that's um, a really interesting area.
0: Hi, I'm Kirsten. How long have you been planning this trip?
1: (laughs) So, uh, so that is that is a very good question as well. This is this has been in the pipeline for just over two years, Um, and we were originally looking to go this time last year, but of course the pandemic and the the change in travel, um, the travel restrictions meant that we we couldn't go last year. So, so it's been a long time in the in the planning, and um, very much looking forward to finally getting getting underway.
0: Hi, I'm Emily. What training have you completed to be able to successfully go on this trip?
1: That's a good question as well. You know, training wise, yeah, we're all uh, competent mountaineers, and um, I suppose like yeah, expedition. Uh, people in our in our own right so it's a lot of people have professional guide qualifications as well so i guess if we if you were to look at the adventure tourism industry so i'm a qualified international mountain leader and um, a polar tourism uh, guide as well so the training that's involved for both of those qualifications takes actually quite quite a few years to to build up experience of. Leading groups in in mountainous uh, environments both here in the uk and overseas, as well as for the for the polar guides uh, qualification then it's it's really looking at presentation skills first aid skills boat driving uh, skills as well as camping and group leadership so yeah lots of different lots of different routes to, and, and experience within the team
0: mm-hmm. and what are the main things you are researching?
1: so there's there's a couple of um elements to to the expedition the the microplastic uh, contamination snow contamination is is a um is an interesting one where we'll be collecting snow samples through various different depths of, of of snow and those will be then um put into little containers and and brought back to us for the university to analyze in in the laboratories um, we'll also be looking for heavy metal contamination in that snow as well. Um, so you know, all of this is both the microplastics and the uh, and the heavy heavy metals are given off, you know, through like business and industry in in the more western uh, world. And then, of course, with prevailing winds, it's you know could potentially be going down to Antarctica and and coming back down to Earth or to Antarctica in in snow so that's going to be really interesting we're we're also doing a little bit of citizen science for for nasa where we're using there's an app called globe observer so we can actually as uh, satellites are going over um our location we'll be able to photograph the um the cloud cover and so that's used um in in what's called like ground truthing to identify and help identify what we're seeing from the ground compared to what satellites are seeing from uh, from orbit, so that's a really interesting piece of work as well be piece of research and I get one other one that's that's quite interesting is we're is we're establishing and actually putting in a a gps uh, transmitter, and the GPS transmitter is is looking at how the the earth's crust is rebalancing as the snow in the ice melts. So that snow in ice is actually puts a lot of pressure, a lot of force on the Earth's crust. And as that disappears and that force is actually being released, so scientists are interested to see if the, the Earth's crust is actually, in, in that part of Antarctica, is actually rising in height. And so that would give an indication just how quickly the the ice is is melting in this part of antarctica which is which again is is really really interesting hi my name's
0: amber how will the research help with climate change
1: hi amber um good question some of those projects that I was just uh, just talking about there um i guess climate change specifically i think the transmitter is probably a really interesting project for uh, for the researchers at at the university, to you know, it all feeds into their their ongoing uh, work. Um, so I'd say that one is probably the most specific to uh, to climate change research. Um, and there's there's probably a couple of others as well. We at Foyne Point, which is our furthest uh, distance, there's actually a remote uh, weather uh, and monitoring station, and we're going in there to retrieve. <clears throat> Uh, The information that's stored on that um, on that uh, station, as well as um, I I believe putting some new batteries and bring it back to life again. So, so again, that's you know some more um, some more yeah an important role to to help with that piece of research as well.
0: What type of equipment do you need to take on the trip in order to do the research?
1: So I guess the for the um, for the expedition gear itself, we're taking a lot of. So we're traveling on skis and pulling our equipment in sledges behind us. And the reason for that is we're we're gonna be carrying a lot of expedition gear, um, probably in the region of about 120 kilograms per person. Um, And that's just too heavy to carry in rucksacks. So that's why we use sledges so we can carry more equipment and pull more, more equipment we will be operating in a very cold environment so tents stoves everything we need to to basically be self sufficient for um for 5 weeks on the ice 5 6 weeks we are also in a mountainous bla- heavily glaciated environment so the the risk of falling into crevasses which are covered in, in by snow is is quite high so We always travel in what's called a rope team where we're connected together in a rope. And we um, we carry a lot of mountaineering equipment to help if we needed to rescue ourselves out of a difficult situation or or overcome some some challenging terrain Um, in terms of the science equipment um that is a very good question uh, that that should go to one of our science uh, members on the uh, on on the team but um i i believe that we're carrying the actual transceiver the gps transceiver and and equipment to install the transmitter um as well as for the, the snow contamination you know we'll be taking out um an ice corer so we can core down into the uh, into the snow to to get um uh, to get samples which will go into like test tubes and beakers um, and for the, the citizen science observation work then all we need for that actually is just our our iPhones or or iPad uh, to to do the observations using the app so um, yeah a wide range of different technology and 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 equipment
0: what are you going to do with the information you find
1: we will publish our own expedition report at the end of the the expedition, which would which would be submitted to uh, the Royal Geographic Society. Um, in addition to that, um, the the actual the universities that we the, that we we're working in partnership with, um, we hope that you know the, the information that we gather will help in the research and the publication publications of their own research papers um so it will be used in a, in a number of different ways
0: what types of food will you eat and how many calories will you take in
1: <laughs> so um so that i can help you with so i'm in charge of the <laughs> uh, the meal plan um so typically we we're, we're burning around 6000 calories a day however everybody's body is slightly different on the on the trip and what i mean by that is Rickard, for instance is about six and a half foot tall <laughs> yeah and the smallest member of the team is probably is probably paul hart our expedition leader sorry paul i know uh <laughs> uh i'm slight, slightly taller a couple of inches but it, yeah, about five foot six so the height difference means that everyone's everyone's body is slightly different in terms of how many calories that we need to uh, to uh, to to burn in order to operate, um, and we've been working with a company called Better You uh, about taking vitamin uh, supplements on the expedition, um, and how that will have an impact with our performance. But in terms of food directly, yeah, around six thousand calories a day. Um, typical day will start off with a hot breakfast, so which is dehydrated, uh, kind of porridge or something similar um then throughout the course of the day we have snacks so we have like nuts and dried meat jerky um we have uh, cheese we have uh dried fruit uh chocolate um for lunch we'll actually have a a light meal um so it's like a heavy soup dehydrated soup and then for the evening meal we'll have another dehydrated meal so the meals like uh, curries, um, chilies, bolognese, lasagna, pasta, all sorts of bits and pieces, and there's some really good vegan and vegetarian options as well. So for those members in the team that um, that don't eat meat, so yeah, quite a quite a wide, you know, a diverse kind of meal plan catering for each individual team member, uh, depending on their dietary requirements.
0: What clothing will you need to survive the cold, windy weather?
1: So traveling in this environment is mostly around kind of like uh, the layer, like having a a layering system. So what I mean by that is we have kind of a base layer, which is typically merino wool wool, or thermals. Then on top of that, we might have like a mid layer, um, either a a fleecy mid layer or a um, a lightweight fleece or pullover fleece um, and trousers. And then we'll have a more heavier fleece or windproof fleece. And then over the top of that, we've actually got ski salopettes, jackets, balaclavas, hats, goggles, gloves, multiple layers of gloves, um, and then ski boots to finish off with. So it's, um, yeah, we're kind of heavily, (laughs) heavily protected against the, uh, the winds. That's the biggest factor is wind chill will... You know, really makes a difference.
0: Hi, I'm Madison. How many miles or kilometers are you likely to cover on the expedition?
1: So the, the, the total mileage, I think, is off the top of my head. It's about 250 to 300 kilometers. Um, so which doesn't sound a huge. Well, it is. It is quite a big distance, I guess. <laughs> it's um, but but we need to travel in good visibility days as well. So, um, so making sure that you know the weather is good for when we're when we're travelling, so we can see the terrain um because of the the crevasse risk um, to the expedition.
0: How long will the expedition take?
1: So, depending on the weather, we're going to be dropped off onto the ice, um mid mid december and then picked up again at the end of january so we're we're looking at 36 days in total on the on on the peninsula antarctica
0: what risks do you have to face when you're out researching
1: so the the biggest risk on this is 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 definitely going to be um the crevasse and and avalanche risk um as well as the you know the weather really um weather conditions so we need to make sure that for instance like the tent doesn't blow away for instance or um or we you know lose bloods and items of kit um so that's they're the they're the biggest factors. wildlife down here on Antarctica is not an issue because, like it is in the Arctic, the Arctic, you have to worry about polar bears, but of course in Antarctica, there are no polar bears um so there's there's no wildlife to think you know to worry about, so it is really crevasses and weather. Where will you
0: sleep, and how will you keep warm enough overnight?
1: yeah so every day we'll um we'll be obviously changing location and and changing campsite so every night we'll have to uh pit, you know pitch our tents um and and sleep inside the tents we'll also be cooking inside the tent so you need to make sure that we don't you know catch the tent on fire whilst we're cooking and make sure that the tent is vented so that we don't get any um any any trouble from any of the gases Giving off from from cooking uh, with the uh, the liquid fuel, but um, and we'll be sleeping on a roll mat and rest, very similar to like I guess like you know kind of going on a on a wilderness weekend here in the UK. Um, a four season sleeping bag, um, and every morning we'll have to pack all of our stuff away, collapse the tent, and uh, put it into our sledges, and then off we go to the next location.
0: Does everyone have different roles and jobs? So the approach on this
1: expedition is um, very much kind of like um, ev- everybody is 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 involved in the decision making um, process. But within that, we have a couple of people that are doing specific things. So um, uh, Alex is a, is our doctor, and she's um, she's a cold weather specialist and wilderness spe- um, uh, doctor, but but also works in A and E um, at Exeter. Um, hospital, so we're all, you know, got advanced wilderness um, first aid qualifications. But she's she's in charge of, you know, um, as as doctor. We also have Richard, who's our like com specialist, and my specific interest is is our digital outreach as well and our school engagement. So we actually have a a web platform uh, called like 2 beorg where um, schools are able to get our, the latest updates from the expedition. And they can actually ask questions to all of our team um, online uh, via that website as well. So if um if I don't answer all of your questions today, then I'll put the link to the to the website in, in our chat actually. It's literally like to be.org, and you'll be able to see the Antarctic Quest 21 expedition on the on the homepage there. So you just click on that, sign up to the platform. Um, And you'll be able to post any additional questions in our forum to all of the team so we can help answer those questions for you.
0: Thank you very much. That's all our questions today. We hope you have a good time and get lots of research.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to uh, help answer your questions. I hope that was of interest.